0: So today is obviously
1: Rock and Roll Sunday and we're talking about rocking and rolling through life. Okay? All right. So you ever been on a roll? You're just on a roll. Everything is rolling, everything's clicking. all the plans are like, everything is moving. <coughs> and then you hit a rock. Does that ever happen to anybody?
0: <laughs> and
1: just a little bit. So what is this rockin and rolling? And rolling and rocking and rocking and rolling, because a roll becomes a rock and a rock becomes a roll, right? <laughs> so, what's this all about? Well, Huey Lewis wrote that the heart of rock and roll is the beaten. The heart of rock and roll is a heartbeat. What's at the heart of rolling and hitting and rolling and hitting rocks and rolling? Evolution. Evolve. And I say evolution with a long E instead of evolution, because that means evolve. That means we're not just surviving, but we're changing and we're growing and we're developing new skills and habits. We're refining our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs. We evolve. So evolution is actually a spiritual principle, which though invisible, according to Holmes, (coughs) finds manifestation in every single form of life. It is the logical outcome of universal intelligence of spirit. So we are here to evolve. And guess what? We've been at this for about 14 billion years. (laughs) You didn't just plop and land here as far as I can tell. And so imagine about 14 billion years of evolution from small, hot, denseness to the Big Bang, to the entire cosmos, and all within it, to you. We say you are a unique embodiment of the universe. That's what we're talking about, you. And so just for fun, I thought I would do a little bit of uh, highlights of some evolutionary rocks to rolls so you don't feel so alone when you hit a rock. Mm -hmm. So of course, we call it the Big Bang. It didn't happen in a flash. It happened over time. But there was this moment of the expansion of the universe to the entire cosmos, to galaxies, the Milky Way, The solar system, our Earth, and early Earth was nothing but volcanoes and molten lava, deep oceans, lightning flashing. You would not believe the amounts of lightning. Clouds, chemicals in the ocean, the oceanic soup that then became a bacterium and then became a single cell organism that all of life can trace itself to that single cell. And then there were complex organisms, and then eventually a three inch, that's about three, three inch long water worm to a foot long armored fish that grew armor to not be quite so edible in the water. And now with eyes, a brain, jaws, and teeth. Think of that whenever you're chewing or when you're looking at something, where your eyes came from, what allows you to chew. This took about 3 billion years to get here. So then the armored fish gets chased around in the oceans by a monster fish. And the only way to survive is to go to shallow waters. And eventually, there's not enough oxygen. And so their cells start to die. And they are overwhelmed by carbon dioxide. And so there is a fish, that one fish that did what no other fish had done before. It poked its little head out of the water, and it took a breath of air, its first breath. So it can close its windpipe, switching between its lungs and its gills. We still have this mechanism today, which is, I think, what I got going on. Mm -hmm. And it spasms when we hiccup. So, you can remember that part going from land to uh, going from the ocean to the land. So, the fish becomes literally a fish out of water, right? You ever feel like a fish out of water? Imagine the rock and rolls that fish went through. Oh my gosh! And it takes 25 million years to fully adapt to living (coughs) on land. And this is now a you know, fairly large meat-eating lizard that survives a half a million years of an earth upheaval in which 95% of all species die by evolving eventually into a two-inch long shrew-like creature with fur, actually. When you get goosebumps, you know where those come from? That shrew was pretty scared because there were dinosaurs at the time. So in a way, we were alive with the dinosaurs because our ancestors are shrew. <laughs> but if you think about it that way. But when it was, when it got, it was scared. It was like dinosaurs everywhere, so little, trying to outrun them. And it was cold because the earth had been covered by this mass event and earth cooled all that. Well, at it's a little hair follicle. There's, it developed a muscle that would expand and the hairs go up when it's cold and scared for warmth. So when you get goosebumps, think of your shrew. <laughs> so these shrews actually then became the first mammals. And they survived even the dinosaur extinction, their greatest, biggest threat, threatening predator, the dinosaur. They survived it after the asteroid struck the Yucatan. And then the shoes branched off to become primates. And that was a lot because they had to start (coughs) reaching for fruit, which now grew really high (laughs) in the trees due to another Earth change. And then primates became humans. You know, your tailbone you're sitting on right now is the remnant of a distant primate's tail disappearing because it was no longer needed. Okay. I know, Loan is going, I feel that. So of course, this is a highly, highly condensed timeline of about a billion years, from the foot-long fish in the ocean to now, but pretty darn amazing. Ernest Holmes writes, the universe, both visible and invisible, is a spiritual system. The universe is a spiritual system. We are a part of this spiritual order so indivisibly united with it that the entire cosmos is reflected in our mind. Evolution is the awakening of the soul to a recognition of its unity with the whole. Are you feeling a little more connected with the whole now? So you might be thinking, well, all right, well, so what? So, there's been this evolutionary rock and roll. Well, a lot of so what's in there because your ancestors hit big rocks and they continued to roll all the way to you. And their evolution is called instinctual, it's an evolutionary impulse the pulse, right? The heartbeat, the heart of rock and rolling is the evolution. And if you think about that, the fish to a reptile living on dry land, if the dinosaur hadn't chased the shrew, which had to learn new ways to survive and reproduce and learned all of the senses to be able to escape the dinosaur, where we wouldn't be here, actually, in our lineage, ancestral lineage. And if that fish, back in the ocean, hadn't been chased into shallow waters, it wouldn't have moved to land to evolve. So these are some pretty big rock and rolls that our predecessors have gone through, so we can learn through them. Was that scary for them, you think? Easy? I don't think so. Oh, it's so warm in this ocean water, and I'm here with all my friends, but dang, I got that monster. Ah, dry land, okay, plop. That was a bit of a plop, but it was an evolutionary one. So the rocks and the rolls of evolution, and we all have a lot of rocks and rolls in our lives as well. And did they know why at the time, you think? Why I'm growing these hairs? Why I'm developing a stronger jaw? Why all of these things are happening to the physical body? Do they know why? Well, I don't know the mind of a shrew or anything else like that, but I'm, I'm just not sure about that. Maybe, and sometimes, and most often, we don't know. We don't know why we hit a rock. We can't see the result of it down in the future. Maybe in retrospect, you can look back and go, oh, now I see. Now that makes sense. But regardless, you still have the same instinct to survive and evolve, changing your rocks to rolls. And this is through choice. And this comes to, well, if we have the choice to do this, we want to become rock steady. (laughs) How do we do this? How do we do this when we hit a rock? Well, ask what would shrew do?
0: <laughs>
1: what would shrew do? Roll with it. Steve Winwood, roll with the pain. Roll with it. Follow instincts. Three, adapt. Four, develop new skills. Five, what'd the fish do? Breathe, breathe. Seriously, that is the breath of life. So roll with it. What does that mean? Well, sometimes you just go, okay. I lived in Greece for a while, and they always said, Tina Cano, <laughs> Tina cano. Oh. You roll with it. You know, the shrew and the fish and all of the others in between didn't resist what was happening. They didn't argue with it. They didn't try to make sense of it. They sure didn't go back. There is no back in evolution. There is no back but the one on the body, if you want to think it that way. And there is no back in evolution. So roll with it. Number two, follow instincts. You can think of it as intuition, inner knowing, inner truth, however that (coughs) shows up for you because that infinite wisdom and that infinite intelligence that we call forth speaks to everyone in a language that they can understand. So begin to, if you don't already know what that language is for you, really begin to listen to how that shows up for you. I'll tell you, I can go, I can go to the store for clothes, and I can look at a pair of pants, and I hear too short. I can look at a shirt, wrong neckline, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. And I don't know how many times I'll pull them off the rack anyway and go to the change room. Too short, the neckline's not right. You know. <laughs> so. That's a very small way. And the more you, you know, we always say listen to your intuition. You can listen until the sun goes down or until the very last day of your life. If you don't follow it, it can't lead you where you need to go. So you listen and you follow your instincts without knowing the outcome. Right? That's not very easy for us. We want to know the why but we can't always. So, what else did the uh, shrew do? Adapted. Shrew had to be adaptable. Had to let go of what was, or what through shot. The shrew thought what should be. And this is letting go of attachments, letting go of control. Letting go of attachments and control. Hmm. how do I adapt to this? That's not always so easy, right? And in the end and the beginning and everywhere in between, we really cannot control, but we can influence and we can choose our response like Reverend Barbara talked about last week. So, Adaptation And what this meant for the fish and the shrew is they had to change environments physically. Sometimes we relocate, right? It's time to move. I'm moving to L.A. I'm moving to San Francisco. I'm moving to Alaska. Sometimes our friends aren't the same. Our close circle of people can change as we evolve. And so we allow that to happen and release that which doesn't serve our evolution. And then the shrew developed a lot of new skills along the way. And we can do that as well. We develop new skills along the way. And then like the fish, what did the shrew do? Breathe. So what would the shrew do? Roll with it. Follow instincts. Adapt develop new skills, and breathe. So this leads us to combining what would Shrew do with spiritual practices. So we cannot know if evolutionary changes were consciously chosen, but we can learn from our cosmic ancestry and we can choose to evolve. So we take our lessons from what would shrew do, and really, if you have a rock in your life, just really ask yourself, what would shrew do? And we can choose to uh, add our science of mind, universal principles and practices to become rock steady, right? We are a science of mind community. We teach spiritual principles for ourselves and the whole world. We say this all the time. So what does this look like? Another thing we talk about all the time is change your life, some people say simply, by changing your mind. It's not really that simple, (laughs) right? So in order to do this, we have to first become aware of our thoughts, right? We can't change a thought unless we know what we're thinking. We change our thoughts through mindful awareness. You know, how many times do we hear thoughts become things? As you plant, so you will gather. That is this whole creative principle, another principle right here, that represents everything. And then, if you will, this is the seed that you plant in your mind, in the soul, which is consciousness, which becomes the plant, your life. And it's always at work. That's why you really need to watch your thoughts, because it responds to yes. It's neutral, it doesn't label things good or bad. Constantly telling yourself, I'm worthy. Wonderful. Let's try it. See if you like this. I can't do that. Oh, okay. Well, it's that personal and that universal. So, this is where we, you know, when a thought gets stinky, we flip it. I think we've talked about that, right? What happens when you're cooking a pancake and it starts to burn? You flip it, just like a thought. Find its opposite and flip it. And if it's too hard, because sometimes it is hard, just go neutral. You know, like when you put your car in neutral, you're not going forward or back, you just let it hum for a little while, and that's all right. So change your mind. Two, daily spiritual practice not just when times are tough. So what does this mean? Inspired readings, spiritual teachers that you love to hear and listen to, study, as practitioner Nancy talked about, we offer amazing classes through our stellar education department. We do the affirmations. These are the things that we do when we find a stinky and we flip it around, we affirm it right out loud I claim I am beyond worth. I am so worthy. I was born here for a reason, and I am here to live it. And then you act like that. You think like that. You move everything in that direction, right? It's like as these creatures made whatever, let's just call it a choice, their body evolved with them. Your life will evolve with you as you do that too. And then meditation. And there are many forms of meditation. It can be one minute, two minutes, five minutes, 45 minutes, whatever you like. Just sit down. Just sit down. Put it on pause. Put it on neutral. And is saying this. Why do we do this? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. When we sit in silence, we offer that chance to see the obstacles and allow them to be cleared. That's clearing the mind. Swami Satyananda, who was an Indian yoga guru and spiritual teacher, taught, everything begins in mind. If you want to see clearly, you need clear vision. Meditation helps clear our mind. I don't know if any of you remember the bad company, Rock Steady. And they sing, when I want to rock steady, I know I got to get ready, close my eyes and let myself go, turn on your light and stay with me a while, ease your worried mind and rock steady. That's turning on your inner light, inner light, becoming rock steady. So we meditate to see clearly to experience freedom from anxiety, and worry by releasing our thoughts, and being present to the moment, to become steady like a rock. So the third is faith. George Michael, you gotta have faith. And this is not a floppy faith. It's not a floppy faith toss around word faith, uh, wishing, and hoping, and maybe, or uh... No. Ernest Holmes wrote that faith is a mental attitude that is so convinced of its own idea, which so completely accepts it, that any contradiction is unthinkable and impossible. How's that for faith, right? A mental attitude that is so convinced of its own idea. Because that idea that you had came from, guess where? Universal intelligence. Accept that. And that ties back to intuition. I like to think of faith as well as follow always inner truth. Always. So that's a brief summary of spiritual practices. And, you know, we choose to practice. This is not a Sunday-only community, right? Right? Right. Right. Thank you. You sure? Okay. And everything in life is an opportunity to practice, including your own spiritual evolution. And as we evolve, we open the door for others. Right? That fish coming on a land opened up the door to us. We never know. We cannot underestimate the impact that we can have. Darwin, the best adaptations pass their genes on through generations, right? We cannot underestimate our impact on the future. So the future of rock and roll is in your hands. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the other thing is that spiritual evolution and Ernest Holmes wrote this he has a lot to say about evolution and evolving by the way in the Science of Mind book I went through that at 3 o'clock in the morning when it woke me up I was like, oh there's some really good stuff in there and he wrote spiritual evolution should make I don't use that word very often but I'm going to use it now with him Spiritual evolution should make the infinite not more distant, but more intimate. Right? It's like when we think of how grand and expansive the cosmos is, and all the billions of stars and galaxies, and oh my gosh, how far it is out there, and billions of light years away, and I'm so small. No, you're not. That's the intimacy of it. You can look at the stars and say, My body is made of the same chemical composition as that star. That's how connected I am. That's how individuated I am as that. And it's grandmothers and grandfathers go back. Well, not back, but you know what I'm saying. Evolution. It is not more distant, but more intimate as you evolve spiritually. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to call it a wrap. (laughs) and just do a quick recap here which is somewhere in all of my little pages and the recap is basically that you ask what would shrew do when you hit a rock and you're on a roll you ask what would shrew do you roll with it follow your instincts you adapt you develop new skills Spiritual practices, we talked about mindful awareness. Daily spiritual practices of study and affirmations and meditation. And we talked about faith, not as the floppy faith, but that heck yeah faith, we got this. And what did the fish do when it took its first little peek out of water? We breathe. So the primal impulse to evolve is in every single one of you and of me and of us. And it's that primary impulse that somehow grew from that packed density of heat to the entire cosmos. And it continues to evolve. Let's join that cosmic soul with our own soulful rock and roll evolution. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.